0: How's it? I'm Keenan Williams and this is Season 3 of the Social Impact Podcast as we zoom into the African continent to hear the stories of some incredible people different walks of life as well as cultures, complexions, nationalities and tribes. Each have different experiences of living on the African continent and each story tells of what it truly means to be an African. A reminder that if you haven't yet, go and subscribe to the channel you're listening to us on for updates as well as to follow us on all forms of social media at KWM Socials. This is the Social Impact Podcast on kwmedia.life. Today we meet up with a young lady who is known as Teresa. This is a pseudonym she has chosen to give herself to tell her African story. Teresa is originally from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, Teresa, thanks so much for joining me tonight on The Social Impact. You're currently living in South Africa and had been uh, since you're about 11 years old. Talk to me about that cultural shift you had experienced coming to South Africa and living here and adapting to the difference in life compared to the one you were so used to in the DRC.
1: Um, I remember those first years of me being in South Africa, I really hated. I hated being black and I mostly hated being Congolese because of how people viewed me. Being black was was bad enough, but then I'm black and Congolese, that was the worst. That was the worst. And so because my mother is actually mixed. I would always tell people, oh, but my mom is colored. I mean, not by culture, but by race. Just so that I could feel that I'm not as bad, that I'm not as ugly, that I'm not as unvaluable because that's how I felt being a black child (laughs) in South Africa. It's very strange because this is my own apartheid. 2007, 2008, 2009 but that was my reality Mm. um to a point where gosh I can't believe I'm admitting this to a point where since I was not making any black friends I didn't even make an effort I would rather been seen like it was better for me to be with friends who were white or colored because I felt for some reason that like that made me important in a way that I I became a person, a person of value. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. That was horrible. And I, but that that was exactly how I felt. So I really avoided being around, um, I avoided being around a lot of black people at once Hmm. because I knew what other people said about black people. And I just didn't want to be part of the mockery um, of being black. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: Gosh,
0: anyway, Teresa, I think this is a narrative you have painted, but it's it's really not an easy one that you have painted, and it's not an easy life that you've gone through, but It's also something that many, many other people might have experienced as well. You speak of this narrative and the thoughts you had about yourself and how you viewed yourself. And uh, you also mentioned that you had grown since that time when you were in high school to where you are now in adolescence. Do you still have doubts about who you are and second guess who you are as an individual? And uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, the difficulties you are having with life in South Africa presently.
1: Presently, well, I don't have those um, stupid ideas anymore. I I love I love who I am. I love the fact that I'm black. I love the fact that I'm African. I love being Congolese because um, I've grown. <laughs> I've grown a lot. I've come to understand that my skin color and where I come from and the people that I hang around with are not the source of my value and my worth as a person, Um, but currently I would say that my present struggles is finding work. It's hard to find work in South Africa as a foreigner. I mean, I'm educated, I have a degree in business management. I'm currently working my post diploma at VIT, um, for property development and yet I've been looking for work for the last year and a half and nothing. So that's a bit of a damper. Um but other than that, oh another another issue um is what's the other issue The other issue or other difficulty being a foreign in South Africa right now um especially during this coronavirus crisis to to really see how people in the Congolese community are struggling um I mean some people literally they live hand-to-mouth, hand and when you're not able to work because you're on lockdown, you cannot feed your children. No, it's, it's really hard because you're in a foreign country, and it's not only are suffering. There are a lot of other South Africans also going through the hardest time, and I think the thought behind a lot of foreigners' minds is always that the children of the land, the South Africans, will always be a priority for you know, if they have to be food pasta to be distributed, or if there's to be any kind of um, rescue plan in place for people who are struggling right now, um, South Africans obviously priority, and so that leaves the Congolese people in a state of disadvantage. But for me personally, one of the issues that I've just been having is finding work. Um, in my industry as a foreign person because according to South African law, you cannot hire a foreigner unless there is no other South African there for the job. Mm. So but anyway, you keep hoping that (laughs) things will be different, but I do understand why such laws are in place um, and I'm not against it.
0: Yeah, you know, Teresa, it's not the first time that this is brought up and sadly so. And sadly that, you know, foreigners are finding it so difficult to live, work and just provide for their families here in South Africa. And I know that these laws are put in place for a certain reason, but for someone who's educated like yourself and many others to be struggling to find work is, is really sad for us as a progressive society. I know that there are many, many South Africans, gosh, I'm included in that who are unemployed and struggling to find a job or to have funders back particular projects. But more needs to be done in the education of individuals to get us to a point of, uh, you know, if we have a job, uh, you know and 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 a job isn't available for us, then we should be able to create our own opportunities but with this, we need sponsors and funders to come on board as well. Talk to me a little bit about the small business uh you set up
1: okay I have a business it's a property not not a property I'm studying property but this one. i have a I have a business development business so the the Motivation behind that business was basically seeing how many people are unemployed. Not because they have to be unemployed, but because, you know, there's... What am I saying? Anyway, (laughs) there's a lot of unemployment and people have all these skills. People have all these talents and these gifts. But they're not using it to gain an income because they don't believe... It's worth much, but that's not the truth. I believe whatever, whatever you have to offer the world can be monetized. You can gain an income that is sustainable <laughs> for you and for your family. By working on your craft, whatever that may be, it looks different in everyone's lives, it looks different in each person. For me personally, one of my gifts is to help people to develop their businesses. Um, for someone else, the, their gift is to, to do people's hair. And it doesn't have to be this informal thing. That sometimes gives you an income or that sometimes doesn't. You can work on your business to make sure that it is always profitable. So I believe that we need to put an emphasis on people discovering what it is that they have to offer the world and to work on that. Yeah, I'm not sure if that makes
0: sense absolutely man it makes a lot of sense because you know i read once that when it comes to radio and broadcast for example you know programmers the programmers are the people who work on the show content and host the shows like myself and sales people are from two different planets because the one not necessarily understands the other's job and the know-how of how to make it a success like for example i have the You know, I have a lot of knowledge when it comes to on-air presentation, production, reporting, and so on. But if you ask me to sell an ice block to an Eskimo, i definitely fail in that regard. So we need one another when it comes to this. You have your strength and, you know, I have mine. But that shouldn't stop me from learning how to sell and market my business, for example. What are your thoughts on entrepreneurship and local small businesses?
1: I think when there is more entrepreneurship and people choose to to buy or to invest in local businesses it creates a balance in society you know where like the level of income is not so um what's the word where there isn't such a gap in the level of income between the rich and the poor because you know, when you when you invest more in local businesses, the money is going back into your community, and it stabilizes people's lives a bit more. And I think that is going to radically change our socio-economic um, situation.
0: And Teresa, talking about that socioeconomic situation, we are focusing on Africa and African stories. What do you think we can do as a continent to boost our economic state, the the healthcare system, and our socioeconomic standpoint?
1: My opinion with regards to what we can do as a continent to advance our economy is to promote and invest in entrepreneurship. I really believe that each person has something to offer. Obviously, that's a people who are able and willing um, to work. We all have something to offer and we don't need to be hired in a company in order for us to do something um, or in order for us to contribute towards our economy. Whatever you have to offer the world, you can be paid for, morally speaking, of course. So I think when we Don't focus so much on the formalized system of doing things. You realize that there is a lot of gaps in this world and there are answers, but those answers um, or there are things that can fill those gaps and those things are found in people.
0: Teresa, there's quite a lot of uh, messages coming through via WhatsApp as well about as well as our social media talking about uh, people who are commending you, uh, saying that uh, you're very brave to come on and talk about the insecurities you had, especially uh, racially and uh, talking about where you came from as well and how uncomfortable it might have made you feel uh, being who you are uh, coming to South Africa and not really accepting yourself but getting to a place where you accept yourself now and talking about this African identity that you have within yourself now uh, talk to me lastly about what is an African to you?
1: I really don't know how to answer that because there isn't one answer for what is an African. I mean, if you were to ask a question, what is a Christian? It's easy. You will say that it's somebody who follows Jesus, who believes in ABCD. But what is an African? I mean, I was born in Africa. My ancestors, my parents um, are African. My grandparents most of them are African. So, for me, that would be the answer. And obviously, because of where we were born, those be- like beliefs, like, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> I really don't know how to answer that question. When you ask an American, what is an American? <laughs> I mean, what, what answer do you expect? You yeah. are who you are. I guess I'm an African because I was born in Africa. Um, my answers are from here and... I'm the color that I am. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's one answer for it.
0: Teresa, thanks so much for sharing your your personal African story with us today on the social impact. And uh, that brings us to the end of the week. Thanks very much for streaming us tonight and uh, throughout this week. You can listen to more episodes on kwmedia.life. From myself, Kenan Williams, have a wonderful weekend. Keep rocking SA. Bye-bye.